0: Nine year old Levon, it won't always feel like it, but you are loved. And over time, your pain will be transmuted into a purposeful mission on the earth. You are allowed to play. You are allowed to make mistakes. Mistakes are a part of your humanity, and your humanity is your divinity. Also, I love you. Go play. Stick with the people who feel safe and you are worthy.
1: I'm AC Brown, and you're listening to Is My Aura on Straight, a podcast designed to help you start living from your core instead of your conditioning. Each week, We'll have deep conversations that will help you create a powerful transformation that shifts your perspective in life, love, and business. With topics ranging from spiritual self-development, human design, astrology, metaphysics, and everything in between. Well, I am so happy to
2: have you here. Thank you for having me, beloved. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. And I'm just so excited to be in community with you. And we've been in the community for a while. And it's been just amazing and awesome. And I'm just like so excited to have you here. You are just, you know, my favorite Pastor Bay. And Aww. you're just a light. You're just a light and I'm so, so excited for you. And I know that this project that you have been working on for a while has just been a labor of love and Mm. people don't really understand. And (laughs) this is because I told my therapist yesterday, I said, I'm probably going to have to, you know, double up on sessions when I start writing my book.
0: Mm. What was that?
2: What was that like? (laughs) How was that process emotionally when you began to really get into the nooks and crannies of Pulling this stuff out of you because I feel that, especially with something so heavy as this, Mm. you are pulling from places that you've tried to make amends with, Mm -hmm. would you say? And places where you not necessarily wanted to forget, but that you've healed from on a certain level. Mm -hmm. And now you got to go back in and like, oh, let me dig this back up and talk about this. What was that like?
0: Wow. First of all, thank you for having me. You know, we, Q Burrow stay thorough up in here. What, so. what?
2: Queens in a house without a doubt. It's What's all good? love. Okay,
0: <laughs> go Mets. Um, but, you know, it's so interesting that you asked me that, AC, because creating the book was actually a lot of fun for me. By the time I got to a space where I was like, I am a writer, which means that I show up and write every single day. Thank you, Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> That was the fall of 2019. And so I would teach some classes at Spelman College in the morning. I would go home, take a shower, eat lunch, and then I would intuit which coffee shop I was supposed to write at that day. It could be near the water. It could be my favorite chai. It could be great street view. Just depends, right? And then when I got to the editing process, I made sure that I was always creating from a place of pleasure. So I would shower, you know, work out, masturbate, take a bath, put on a lip. Listen to Homecoming by Beyonce, like anything that I used to do just to kind of get me in the energy. Now, when we got to the audiobook, <laughs> when I'm sitting in the mic and I'm reading my words and my voice is vibrating into the universe, there were Yo. two times where I broke down crying inside the booth. What did the producer say? You know, here's the thing. I know myself. And when I recorded an episode of Central Faith Podcast, I read an excerpt from chapter six, which includes some notes about grief. Mm. And on that podcast episode, you know, your voice start cracking and the, the tears start welling and you're like, oh, try to keep reading. <laughs> and so I emailed them, like, hey, y'all, just want to know, um, how are we gonna navigate me crying inside the room right. for the audiobook? And they were like, as long as it's intelligible to the listener. Okay. And include it because we want you to be authentic. But, girl, if you snotting, you know what I'm saying we gonna okay. have to just pause. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good.
2: So good. yeah, and my
0: producer was a black woman.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah,
0: that's one of the ways I felt most held on this book journey is that all along the way, even though I've been working with mostly white people, because traditional publishing industry. Mm-hmm. They have been so intentional about partnering me with Black women That's who will be able to center the work that we're doing. So for instance, my co-editor, shout out to Portia Burke. She was the last person to edit the work of Dr. Maya Angelou. Oh, wow. I almost okay. said reverend because you might as well be at this right, point, right? right, 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 right. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, so basically your eyes were on Dr. Angelou's work. Right, and your so eyes you, you could, we good. Dr. Angelou's good. eyes are
2: <laughs> on oh, my work.
0: So, yeah, it feels really, really good to be amplifying my platform and getting the message out there, but also being held along the way by black women, because that's so central to my work. Mm -hmm.
2: I love that. And, you know, I didn't mention the book title before because I just jumped into it, but sensual faith, the art of coming home to your body, which I love. I love, love, love. And some of the some of the things that you talk about in the book it's a lot. I it, mean, it is a lot. It's a lot. It's a just lot.
0: Ta- just saying body and God in the same sentence that has nothing to do with Jesus
2: <laughs> is a lot. Yes, but and you cover everything that would probably need to be covered because I know for me, so I didn't grow up, my grandmother was semi-religious, mm-hmm. but she was also very spiritual after my grandfather died because my grandmother and my grandfather were Catholic, and we went to Saint Cathedral. I think, yeah, in Queens.
1: Al Roker went there too,
2: but anyway. yes, Al Roker. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> he went to school with my aunt, so he know that's he knows my so aunt. Random. Here. Yeah, I know. So random. I mean, Saint Catherine's, not Saint Cath- Saint Catherine's—that's the name of the church. But after my grandfather passed, when my mom was young, and my grandmother started actually going to Eric Butterworth's church, like, why you know, don't I know who that is? You probably know him Maya because Maya Angelou used I was, to go there.
0: I am the um, daughter of Caribbean immigrants. And we were going to St. James the Less Episcopal Church
2: in Queens. Yeah. So That's that really was amazing. in Manhattan. But anyway. Eric Butterworth. This, this. this is yeah. an old white man. Yes. And <laughs> Maya Angelo used to go there. Yes. It was in Rockefeller Center, his church. Wow. Um, is, he's, I think he was like one of the founding members of the Church of Unity. Unity World Headquarters. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. M goodness. Yes. So my grandmother started doing that. But wow. my mom was my mom's the youngest. Right. So her and my dad were running the street. So I didn't have yes too much <laughs> religious background. But sure. from friends that I knew who were religious at the time, mm-hmm. it was just a really interesting way of thinking. and I mean, right. you talk so much about purity culture, you talk about all of these things. And it was just like, wow, it was very, I noticed that my friend, and then when we got older, how separate they were from mm-hmm. their bodies. And me, I'm, I'm hiding like how to give head sex books in high school and stuff. And, <laughs> and like boxes under my bed and stuff. And my mom was like, what is this? Cause I just had a little bit more sexual freedom when yes. it came to learning, growing up. And I noticed my friends who were religious, they did not have that. Girl. Even though I personally lost my virginity later than everybody, they had so much shame around sex. Woo. And you talk about that in the book and when we talk about sexual shame, what's one thing that you've want to readers to understand from reading this? Yeah, I think the
0: golden nugget is that your body is holy just as it is. Mm. There is nothing that you need to tame or beat into submission as long as it is healthy, ethical, consensual, and aligned. My whole framework for sensual faith the art of coming home to your body is about the reintegration of our spirituality, our sensuality, and our sexuality. Because like you said, for most of us who grew up in church, we grew up with this idea that our body is evil, shameful, sex is bad, it's demonic, it's only sanctioned within heterosexual marriages, right? And so it's just a lot of indoctrination that even if you weren't a part of a religious community, somehow steeped into social norms, right? When we think about women who enjoy sex and are brazenly bold about it and speak about it, slut shaming and calling her all kinds of names because she enjoys sex. When the fact of the matter is our bodies are divinely designed to experience pleasure. And when I say pleasure, I don't only mean sexual pleasure, but I absolutely include sexual pleasure. And so my aim is for this book for Black women currently or formerly church or church adjacent to really unlearn and unpack dogma that we were taught about our bodies so that we can first honor our truth and honor our stories. Because if we're not talking about our bodies, we're not talking about Irregular periods or living with fertility issues or bumps and lumps on breasts and hips. Right. It's also just a health conversation. So I know that when I'm talking to black women, that woundedness is in the room and some of that woundedness is caused by religious trauma. And so I wanted to address it in a systematic,
2: holistic way so that we can get closer to freedom. I love that. And you're right about the even if you didn't grow up religious. So my parents weren't. But I did hear, well, just make sure you don't be a hoe or, <laughs> oh, oh, you know, she fast. Right. Those type of things. and uh-huh. just be like, oh, what do we mean? You know, and it kind of right. became confusing because, you know, growing up, you want to be in an environment where. You know, when your body starts changing as a woman, you don't know what's happening. And so when everything is getting suppressed. Right. And like, well, you can't feel this or don't do this. You don't want to get pregnant. Don't be a hoe. Like you start hearing all of these things and it becomes like a big contradiction Mm -hmm. in your mind. Yep. And And your body. Right. And in your body. And in your spirit. And in your spirit. And so how do I know you. In chapter four, you talk about what the Bible says and acknowledging mm. what mm-hmm. church and society got wrong. yeah so talking about that mind body connection. how do you sum that up in that chapter?
0: OK, so when you go into a hotel room and you open that desk drawer and there is a holy Bible in there and you are Muslim, <laughs>
2: you are Jewish, you are Baha'i,
0: you like what in the world is this doing here? So the Bible is a text that has just been infused into our culture, which means there are a lot of people talking about the Bible, but not necessarily reading the Bible. And there are even more people, particularly church folks who are talking about what the Bible says, but don't actually know what the Bible is saying. And so you have to study like I did. I went to Yale Divinity School, child. You have to look at the original languages, the original context, see what was meant by this particular speech, right? And then also honor that the the versions of the Bible that we have now were not the original text. They have been passed through so many hands, typically of white men. They have been translated, right? And so the language that we have is colonized, it's repressive, it's to be used for conform. So it's just, it gets really muddy when you study the history of the Bible and colonized religion, specifically Christianity. And when black women are in the room More often than not, we have some experience with the black church. And so, black church culture, right now, we're talking about race, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sex, gender, status, economic, like all of that. that, And then you want to put God talk on top of that? Honey, it's no wonder they be trying to control us.
2: Yeah. And I've dated somebody who was a part of a megachurch family. And Ooh, ch- ch- listen, that megachurch
0: life. Greenleaf Beastly. was a real
2: thing. It's real. Beastly. It's wild. It's wild. No, thank you for that. That is so interesting because I'm sure a lot more people are affected. But I think from what I see, especially through your work, mm-hmm. that a lot of us millennials are really affected by this. Certainly. How is the gap bridging? Because it it feels, for me, looking from the outside and even still being as liberated as I am, in certain cases, I don't, I don't tell nobody, I'm public how liberated I am, right? <laughs> but you know, I'm going to start to do that. But how do you feel that things are changing, and what do you think is the struggle that we're still holding on to? Because mm. I do, I, I do feel like when I look at certain people have certain conversations, there's still just a little bit of guilt there. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. That guilt, that shame. Here's the thing. Shame
0: is not from God. Shame comes from people. And so if we're ever feeling shame, which Basically is saying, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough as opposed to hmm, maybe I made a misstep there. Maybe that wasn't the healthiest decision. Right. Where it doesn't equate our action with our worthiness because we're inherently worthy. And for those of us who were raised in these traditions that basically said, if you're a virgin, you're worthy. And if you're not a virgin, you're unworthy. That really fucks with your head. And then. You think, well, if I'm unworthy, then am I worthy enough to be in relationship with God? And God loves us. God loves us so recklessly. And it took me time to really unlearn what I was conditioned to believe. So the interesting thing is that according to the Pew Research Center, younger people are leaving the church, but they're not necessarily leaving faith. Right. Just because you're not within a religious community and a member somewhere on some role doesn't mean that you don't have a spiritual journey or a belief system. And so what's happening is I think two things. One, the advent of social media. It's no longer just the pastor says, which is basically God saying, right? Now it's, oh wait, I can follow at LeVon Briggs and she's gonna help me decolonize Christianity and introduce me to new texts and tell me the truth of this language and show know how Christianity was colonized, right? And so as you learn that and you have questions, there are some churches where questions are not allowed. And I think whether it's a family, church, school, social structure, whatever it is, if your questions are not allowed, you need to leave that space. Questions allow us to grow and to evolve. And people who are afraid of questions, who are afraid of interrogating their faith, probably don't believe as strongly as they think they do. And so younger folks are coming in and they're asking questions and they're like, well, if you're not willing to have the conversation, I'm going to go where they are. I'm going to go to TikTok. I'm going to go to seminary or divinity school. And so while I love the education that we're all leaning into, I also feel like there are some people who just want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. They want to say, oh, Christianity is the white man's religion. That tells me you don't know anything about Jesus, who was a nigga from Nazareth, (laughs) in the words of Reverend Matt King Carter. Right. So if Jesus was North African, what does that mean for us as particularly as African descended people? right? Right. So then I'm like, oh, I get to embrace my African spirituality. Now, what does that mean? So I don't want us to get. Caught up in binaries because binaries either orness is a product of colonization, mm-hmm. and if we are truly going to be liberated beings, we have to live in the both and. And God is big enough for the both
2: and, and that's really where I want us to land. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. bars. Bars. Mike drop. No, I love that. I love that. And this is going to be a sensitive topic. Sure. um What I'm going to talk about next is building a relationship with your body after sexual trauma. Arm. Mm-hmm. and As child. someone who has, you know, experienced that um mm-hmm. on a certain level, not as intense as some other people, there still was a disconnection with me and my body Absolutely. and having to like go through that process and, and right. therapy, like processing all of that stuff. Right. I know it happens in other communities, but of course I'm familiar with my own community being black. Right. When you start to have those memories and you start to feel that stuff again, and there is a denial around you, but mm. you want to heal.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What do you suggest people do? Which I know you have that in the book, but what's the beginning of acknowledging mm. that and really making peace with that, healing from it. Cause that's, that journey is wild. Long, hard, rough, aggravating.
0: Yeah. Well, you said the key word AC, which is acknowledging. And so that's the first thing that I would do because we don't often do that <laughs> as a collective, which means sometimes we don't even do it individually. Sometimes we repress, well, he didn't or they didn't or it wasn't that bad, right? So whatever you went through, sis, I want you to know that I see you I hear you. I acknowledge you. And I believe you. And what happened to you was wrong. And it was not your fault. And there was nothing you could do to stop it or prevent it. And God is pissed about it. Your ancestors are pissed about it. And I'm pissed about it. And I think in some communities, we hear things like, well, you just need to forgive and forget. You need to let go and let God Forgiveness is inherently confrontational. And so to assume that we as Black women and women of color and other women identified people are just going to move on and get over it shows me that you don't know how harm works and you don't know how trauma works. I'm thinking of the body keeps the score. I'm thinking of post-traumatic slave syndrome Mm -hmm. where trauma literally lives in our bodies, where it literally changes our brains. And you expect me to just clap my hands and praise the Lord and pay tides and fried chicken and clean the bathrooms and wash the kids and and No. And, and then go so, sit and
2: eat with the person who did it to you.
0: And that's the other part, right? Especially in Christian traditions, we use this very neighborly, familial language, right? We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And so... When we're talking about perpetrators, they're not these randos lying in an alley waiting to pounce on us, right? They are pastors, preachers, teachers, fathers, brothers, uncles, cousins, like people in our community. Not saying that women don't perpetrate harm, but by and large, it's men. And so to have a space where you are told you are not worthy of being protected, you are not worthy of being avenged, and that you are not worthy of accountability and justice, that is going to trouble your relationship with yourself, your community, and your God. There's no way around that. And so here's where my prophetic rage, (laughs) this is where my holy rage bubbles up a little bit. Because how dare you build an institution on the backs of Black women and girls and femmes and then continue to perpetuate harm against them ideologically, physically, spiritually, right? So understand that... It's not all in your head. You're not overthinking things. You deserve space to have your story heard. If you care to share, you deserve therapy and mental health care. You deserve massages to help you process through if you consent to that. You deserve to grieve and to rage and to wail and to have people honor your emotions. Because the last thing that I'll say about this is that in our culture, we don't like feeling uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And if we were to honor the stories of survivors, we would have to, first of all, admit that some people we really like slash love are harmful to the community. And then, too, we would have to deal with our own shit. And so this is why silencing is so much easier for the status quo. But you know, I'm a rambunctious <laughs> rabble rouser. <laughs> and, and, and a manifesting so generator. So Listen, we'll put I, that out there. <laughs> I am a generator to debone, okay? Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's, that's what I would say. So sis, just know that healing is possible and that you get to move at your own pace, whether it's sharing your story, journaling, talking about it, crying about it. Find safe, trusted, sacred space with people that you trust and allow them to walk alongside you as you heal through that.
2: Well, oh, I love that. I love that. And speaking of massages, a massage ooh, is everything. Listen, especially with the right therapist, one oh. who's got a metaphysical aspect to him. Oh my gosh. My old massage therapist in DC, I, I miss him because, I mean, just... Amazing. Mm-hmm. I need to go get a massage. I need to go it's get a time. massage. So going from that, so you're starting to heal, you know, mm-hmm. your trauma. And now you are reconnecting. And actually, I would, e- wouldn't you even say learning how to build a real relationship with your body after that? Mm, or rebuilding or whatever language feels good
0: to you. Because that's the thing, right? It's different for everyone. And on my own journey, <laughs> I remember talking publicly in 2017, this was after the huge Me Too uprising or reframing because shout out to Tarana child, who started the whole thing, but then that white Hollywood actress said whatever and here we are. So the point of that is I spent a year talking about trauma and I was burnt out, I was tired, I was bitter, I was angry, I was unhappy. And so I was like, well, if I talk about pleasure, the trauma is going to come up anyway. Right. Because if I talk to you about masturbation, if there is a blockage, if there's mm. an idea, if there's a discomfort, if there's an EU, I'm not doing that. Any If any of that shit comes Anything, up, right. ding, 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 that's I what I talk about. Right. <laughs> right. I know what's up. You know, so <laughs> if I talk about pleasure, we're going to heal. If I talk about trauma, we're going to heal. So as heavy as some of the material is, there's also a deep emphasis on self-love and self-pleasure and self-care. Not in the, oh, girl, I'm booking a spa day, but in the I'm putting myself first way, Mm. which is not something that women, particularly black women, are taught. No, not at all. So that's revolutionary to put yourself first. Yeah, yeah. And so then we get into relationships, right? And how sometimes Black women's hyper-productivity and hyper-service to other people comes from a place of merit-based worthiness where we were taught that we're not worthy of love if we're not excelling, achieving, attaining, acquiring. So then when you realize I am worthy just because I exist, then you're not going to be paying all them bills. You're not going to be taking all them calls. You're not going to be sitting on the phone for hours while people use you as a trash disposal, mm. right? You're going to be watching AC's lives. You're going to be reading Levon's book. You're going to be around people who inspire you and uplift you. And sometimes that means leaving people who are your blood relatives alone. For a
2: <laughs> alone. Absolutely alone.
0: Right. You know, we're told you got to take care of family. Blood is thicker than water. Oh, my gosh. You you
2: will choke on blood. Okay. Okay. Listen. That's it. Don't get me started. (laughs) And the beautiful
0: part is once I rejected the script that my family gave me, Mm. I got to co-write a new dream and a totally new fucking symphony musical with God and with my ancestors and my spirit guides. So it's scary, right? Yes. To own your body. It's scary to step into your agency. It is audacious to declare I am sovereign. What? A black woman? In a racist, sexist, xenophobic, homophobic, queerphobic, transphobic, right? Patriarchal society. Mm-hmm. You don't own me. You don't control me. You don't scare me. You don't move me. My ancestors got me. My community got me. And I got me, right? So if exactly. you're feeling like a pimp, don't want to brush your shoulders <laughs> off. Like ladies Period. is pimps too. Period. Okay? <laughs> Period. We
2: pimping out here. Pimping for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> So, for the Lord. So, speaking of pimping for the Lord, when we talk about pleasure, pleasure is just not sexual, of, of course. course. I know that. Yeah. But also, in also, and <laughs> pleasure in all forms, I feel is a sexual experience. Hmm. Say more about that. That's interesting. So, I, if you know, if you've been following me or you know me, I love. A good, good restaurant, preferably, yes. a Michelin, preferably a Michelin star. I love yes. uh, I like I like the, the experience of farm to table, the experience of a chef inspired restaurant, knowing that this menu is thought out, it changes every season, all of that stuff. Right, that's right, me. right. That's me. And so for me, that is actually very I get aroused yes. from those experiences, and that's Absolutely. part of my pleasure. But it it does have a sexual undertone to it.
0: Interesting. So I would say that's more sensual. But I okay. see what you're saying. Yeah. For yeah. me, sensuality has to do with the senses. Obviously, we right. You are healthy and functioning and able-bodied, and there are varying levels of ability and disability and mobility, but you can see, you can taste, you can touch, you can feel, right? And then when you think about how you go through your day, what colors are you seeing? Mm. What fragrances are you are you smelling? Are you saving the good perfume for your date night or the holidays? Or are you just wearing it to Target,
2: child? Because you got That's a nose me. too. Burn That's the me.
0: candle, sis. Life is short. Burn the candle. Please burn
2: the candles. Please <laughs> burn the candles. We're, I wear perfume to the coffee shop. Like,
0: OK, I period. Care. I just started wearing perfume to the gym. I was like, y'all going to get a waft as I right. walk past and do my last breath." Love it. Yes. And so for me, when I think someone brings me pleasure, it's reminding me to enjoy, mm-hmm. slow down, mm-hmm. indulge. Right. And that my genitals are not a part of this pleasure. Mm. I am. Mm, I'm over here making all these noises and sounding like I'm having an orgasm because the molten chocolate lava cake is just that fucking good. Right. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. Food is a very
2: sensual experience. It's very sensual. Cooking with someone. Oh, oh my gosh. Very. It's very
0: <laughs> tongue emoji, tongue emoji, <laughs> tongue emoji. <laughs>
2: Ooh, my bad. We <laughs> woke up so. in the
0: kitchen, wonder how the hell did this shit happen, <laughs> oh baby.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! I listen. I love. I love all of that. Mm-hmm. All of it. All of it. And then there's sex after that. And <laughs> sex, honey. There's and sex.
0: sex is for women's pleasure. Don't get it twisted. Okay, you were told. If you have sex before marriage, you're going to hell. Child, why would God give us a clitoris I, if explain. we needed to be married to a man in order to experience pleasure? Because first of all, there's an
2: orgasm gap. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about I, I was getting ready to say two things. I'll say uh, many women, you probably had your first orgasm by yourself. Oh, let's just keep it. Let's 1, keep it a buck. It a buck. And but you then know also happening in. What always kind of made me upset about religion and church culture was this whole thing of waiting until marriage i'm like so i'm supposed to wait and he's not going to be able to fuck me are you serious because that's you have wild. to learn how to have sex everybody yes. is different
0: everybody and is different and what happens if
2: it's not good and After if we they're learn. just watching
0: up w- growing up watching porn and they come into the bedroom trying to bam oh bam God. bam sir you didn't you didn't kiss a lip you didn't lick a nipple you didn't caress a thigh
2: you you didn't do nothing Absolutely. OK, nothing. do
0: better. Absolutely.
2: not. And the thing it's is, this you
0: are off. responsible for your pleasure. Right. Oh so goodness. you can't be upset when your partners don't, quote unquote, make you come. Do you know what makes you come? Do you know when you like it soft or rough? Do you know when you like it slow or a little faster? That's why masturbation is a spiritual ritual and practice and tool for me, because if I don't know my body, how can I expect, I expect anybody somebody else to know? Else to know. My body? Or communicate what you want for and your co- body, and be able to communicate what you want, and stop faking orgasms?
2: Listen, I remember the last time I did thinking. that, and I saw the bubble burst on his face, and I was just like, "Listen, I don't. I what? had to. That wasn't good for me." And look, the, the shock was like, oh, word? "Oh, It wasn't." Are you gonna correct this? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing?
0: Because think about it. If you just, oh, let me just grin it and bear it. Let me just get it over with. That is trauma showing up. You're thinking sex is for men. Men only want one Mm -hmm. thing and you got to keep your man happy or else he's going to cheat, like all this stuff, right? But what if you approached it like, I am worthy of pleasure. I am worthy of being satisfied. I am worthy of orgasm. Like, come on, y'all love affirmation so much. Let's get into it. (laughs)
2: right let's get into it because I know that's how I manifest is through masturbation mm-hmm. so I don't play about my manifestation masturbation time yeah. I, I'm trying to bring things into my reality that's, that's sexual fate 201
0: sex magic they, yes do you you can use orgasms as a manifestation tool and I I really feel like that's a conversation we could have yeah like later because just taking a deep dive into just sex yes into the yoni, into the womb, the sacral chakra, just all that. Well, maybe
1: that's your second book
2: thing, ma'am.
0: My second book is in the works. It's been flowing out of me. So we'll see if that.
2: Okay. uh, All right. We'll see. I mean, we got to focus on this one first. I know. Come on, on, debut book. So with this book, what if this was on somebody's bookshelf Mm -hmm. and this wasn't your book and a friend came over and was going through whatever and you pulled this book off the shelf. Mm what would you say when you were giving this book away? I would
0: say, girl, you're going to love this book. It's an invitation to get into deeper relationship with your body, which is going to help you get into deeper relationship with God.
2: Mm, I, love Ooh, <laughs> I, love I love that. 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 Thank Look.
0: you. I'm oh. really, really excited. Like, honestly, all my business is in this book. Okay. When you read it, you all know me. And I think the beauty is that from a young age, mm-hmm. I've been running my mouth. My mom used to tell me all the time, why do you feel the need to spill your guts to the world? It actually feels weird not to. Like vulnerability is my superpower. Oh, and because... I the church has silenced the women for so long, it's time for our stories to be amplified. And so did I write this book to black women? Absolutely. Is it for black women? Absolutely. But if you are not a black
2: woman, trust. You are going, going to, you will get from something this well. from this book for real. Like, okay, for real, real. the book. white
0: women that I am co-creating with in editorial and sales and marketing, they are so excited about this project. They're like, thank you so much for writing this book. Like, I wish I had this book when I was in my 20s. And I'm just like, see, when Black women get
2: free, everybody going to get free. Every, That's how everybody works. gets free.
0: Everybody That's how Everybody
2: gets free when Black women get free. When black women get money, when we when we get everything we, period. the whole world runs properly. Period. Period. <laughs> period. Ain't no words Ain't necessary. No, Ain't no more punctuation
0: marks necessary.
2: Period. Hopefully hopefully 2023 will it will is. We're claiming
0: it. We make We're millions of
2: boys. Yes, we make millions millions with our voice, honey. You know, uh, ever since uh, I heard you say that, that has been one of my go-tos, honey. Listen, I make millions of dollars with my voice and that will be reality for sure. Amen. Yes. So what was it like? And we talked about this a little bit, um, but I want to just end with this Mm. because you said you spilled your guts. What was that like spilling your guts? Writing this book, knowing that it's going to help someone else, but also knowing that it's going to, you know, bring up some things or, with the people around you. Yeah. Your story is a part of someone else's story. It is. Absolutely. So,
0: Anne and Lamont says you own everything that happened to you. Tell your stories. If people wanted you to write warmly about them, they should have behaved better. Oh, Right. And as a writer, as an author, excuse me, because I'm about to publish per you're an author, (laughs) who coaches other writers who want Mm -hmm. to be authors, I find that one of the biggest roadblocks is protecting somebody else. Listen. If I tell this story, then if I publish this, how? You're asking the wrong questions. If I don't speak my truth, what did my Angelou say? There is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you, mm. especially <laughs> when spirit is on you, on your back, on your back. You delaying and detouring and all you got to do is just write the paragraph, child, and release yourself from being responsible for grown people's feelings. And from grown
2: people's business,
0: because and from grown people's business. So for me, I had to release myself from the idea that I was responsible for how my family would receive this. I wasn't responsible for their massive projections onto me. Mm. I'm in therapy. You're not in therapy. That's and that's I got my ancestral altar. You don't got your ancestral altar. So I'm not taking Listen. no advice from you. I'm not taking no shoots uh, from you.
2: <laughs> no, no. I thank thank you for that because as I'm navigating my own you know, book journey, my mom already Woo-hoo. asked me, she like, do I have to sign an NDA or anything like that? Do I need an attorney? I said, ma'am, this ain't wow. your story. This is mine. Right. I, I was like, this is my story. I'm telling my story. But you know, Black mama's child. Listen, she they, already like, she's like, well, what about the Statue of Limitation? I said, lady, if you don't. Asking the wrong question. Black wrong mamas
0: questions. often place their value and worth in, in their motherhood.
2: Mm -hmm. And if
0: they feel like you're sharing something that does not reflect well on them, even though it has nothing to do with them or wasn't their fault, that's their own stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't I can't take your burden off your back for you. Right. So I have just had to, first of all, release my family, bless them love mm-hmm. up on them talk to my ancestors be like go get your child <laughs> and then <laughs> surround myself with my chosen kin with your right yeah. like you and other sister friends who are soulmates and other brothers and kin and folks and we're calling in a beloved like a lifelong partner husband who's happy healthy and wealthy ew, right? ew, 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 ew. <laughs> like when he shows up he's he, so you got to step it up honey because the step self-love up, game honey. is top tier the exactly. community love is top tier what you got Exactly. How do you love yourselves?
2: Exactly. That's going to show me how you might love me. Exactly. That's so good. That's so good. No, thank you for that. Because I know this is going to still, even though you've released it, it the words is on the papers, you know, yeah. it's coming out. It's yeah. getting shipped. Yeah. But I could imagine that when it is in the hands of people that... You're going to feel something. You're going to go through something because this is, is a touchy subject of mm-hmm. talking about sensuality, talking about faith, religion, it is. all of the things that you cover in here, which is a beautiful tapestry of how it will unfold. Mm. But you also thank still you. have to care for yourself. Oh, absolutely. You know, in which I know you know how to do that. So I just I want I want to thank you for writing this. Oh, Listen, because you didn't have to. You didn't have to. But, but you're can. worthy, beloved. Thank you for seeing me. And
0: I appreciate that affirmation because, you know, when your work is out in the world, you know this as a creator, it's just open to interpretation by everybody and everybody has an opinion. But I think about how often people in your life will say, I'm going to write a book one day. Or people always tell me, I need to write a book. Nigga, I wrote a book. Like... <laughs> what you got to say until you sit down and walk in my shoes which you never can do so until you sit down and own your shoe size and walk your path and share your wisdom because there's plenty to go around so I received that and I'm focused even now there are some reviews floating around and you know there was one that I was like girl are are you white I need to know (laughs) who said this Who said this about my book? But I'm not going to give the naysayers and the people who are giving me knee-jerk reactions and responses attention. I'm going to focus on the people who are like, thank you for telling my story. Thank you for helping me. I need this book. Black women need this book. Women need this book. Men need this book, right? (laughs) And so that's what I'm going to lean into, the expansion and the affirmation.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of Is My Aura on Straight? This podcast was edited by Adam Ross. If you loved this episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Until next time, bye-bye.